Welcome to Head Over Feels, the podcast where we discuss matters of the heart while also using our heads, blending emotional awareness with intellectual relationship skills. We promise raw, real, and sometimes ridiculous advice on love, sex, and relationships. I'm Megan Sundra. And I'm Fernando DV. We're here to tag team you with juicy insights, tantalizing tools, and sometimes embarrassing anecdotes in order to help you have the best love life ever. On today's episode, we'll be answering letters about late July snacks. <laughs> oh my god! god. Foiled. <laughs> Damn it! <Okay. laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> On this week's episode, we'll be answering letters about a jealous non-meta, anal enjoyment strategies, a rock star meta, and the book "The Truth." That's all I got for that. <laughs> yeah. We have metas on metas on metas today. Yeah. One's a false meta. We'll give away a spoiler. It's not a real oh, meta. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But practically. <laughs> we want to remind you guys that we have a really fun Facebook group we would love for you to join us in. It's called Rebel Hearts. Yeah. It's a place where we share memes and ideas and thoughts on the episodes and useful articles. Just a good place to create community for all of you listeners. And we'd love to hear from you. And that's a really great way to reach us is in the group. We also, if you want to go deeper with us, get a little more intimate, a little more personal, you can get private coaching. Yeah. We get the, you can reach out to us at headoverfieldspod.com slash coaching. And we're going to give you similar advice to what we have here on the podcast, but it's going to be a lot more tailored. Here we have a very short window with our sessions is going to be up to an hour, you know, an hour session. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can do both of us. And if that sounds too intimidating, you can do one on one. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's more about you being heard and in whatever scenario that you're struggling with getting a new perspective on. And let's expand and give you some tools and other resources that can drive you in a direction. So that way, instead of feeling like I don't know what to do, you can feel like, okay, I have things that can try and take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And relationship coaching is often a longer span thing so that we do also sell coaching packages so that this covers several weeks over time. And that way we can help you grow through some of the more difficult or convoluted things because most people's relationship problems can't be just solved in one hour. So uh, we're happy to walk with you on your path and kind of help you find solutions that work best for you. So it's definitely more in depth. I think you guys might enjoy it. Give us a call if you would like to try it out and sort of discover what that would be like. Yeah. And share us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you share it. Like whenever you have a really nice ice cream, don't you share it with your friends? <laughs> I hope you do. Hope so. <laughs> Is that the friend? <laughs> <laughs> We're sure that you have people in your life that you think this podcast could really help or open their minds about something new or share it with your partner who may not be a listener, but you are. That would be awesome. Listen to it together. <laughs> give us a like. Give yeah. us a review. Yeah, we really do appreciate any <laughs> and all five-star reviews. <laughs> uh, ratings and reviews. So reviews when you actually write something about this. So we really, <laughs> not just the stars, you write something out. So yeah. we appreciate it a ton. And we'll be running another contest coming up in the future to um, get everybody on board with that and give away some more free coaching. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, we would love it if you share us uh, on social media as you wish. Yeah, let us be your sloppy seconds. <laughs> or, or thirsty thirds. <laughs> so our first letter today comes from Aaliyah, a 33-year-old straight woman. 
Aaliyah writes, I've always had a diversity of friends of all genders, and I'm grateful that this typically hasn't bothered my boyfriend of five years, Ben. He's only been a little suspicious a couple times and asked me questions about one of my best friends, Jameson, who I've been super close with ever since before I started dating Ben. Ben and I are monogamous, and I would never cheat on him. Jameson is monogamous, too, with his current girlfriend of two years, Tiana. Now, Tiana has always been weird about me, asking Jameson tons of questions, looking through his phone, but never talking to me directly. Jameson and I use signal to text just because I prefer it, and we send each other memes and talk almost every day in some way. She found out about this recently and flipped a shit, thinking he was trying to hide his conversations with me. She even texted Ben and said she thinks something's going on between Jameson and I. Luckily, Ben defended me and stayed cool about it, but this was so disrespectful of her. I feel like I keep getting put into the, quote, other woman box. And over the past few months, I've noticed Jameson taking longer to text me back, not making plans to hang, and being weirdly distant. I'm pretty sure it's because Tiana told him to stay away from me. It just feels so unfair, like I don't get to have the friends I want just because she has a problem. I haven't been pushing it with Jameson, but I wish he'd man up with her and be straight with me about what's going on. He shouldn't have to choose. I'm not even a threat. There's nothing romantic or sexual going on between us at all. I hate feeling powerless, and this girl has been hella rude and immature about things leading up to this point. What can I do? Yeah, thanks for writing, Aaliyah. Yeah. Oh, man. Passive aggressiveness is is what I'm hearing in this situation. I like the approach of being pretty direct and dealing with these things head on. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is there's several configurations, conversations that could be had. The main ones I would say I would be interested in, I would probably want to do myself, would mm. be having one with your friend directly. Just like, hey, with Jameson? We, yeah, with yeah. Jameson. I was going to get the name. That's why I didn't say his name because I was like, <laughs> it's Ben. And just sit them down and say, hey, like, this is my experience with your partner. Like, I I really value our friendship. I would like to know what's going on. Because while we don't know, you know, I hear what you're saying that you think it might be his girlfriend who's causing this, like, the delay or impacting your friendship. Mm-hmm. We don't actually know. We need to ask him and get and understand where he's coming from. And is it may he may confirm those fears or those concerns. Or it might be like, no, I've just been really busy and just haven't had as much uh, capacity to do so. Mm. So having the conversation clears it up with him and just asking, like, would you uh, be comfortable with me reaching out to or uh, to Tiana and having a talk with her? And, you know, explaining, like, your intention here is to have a kind of like a clearing conversation. Like, hey, I, I don't know if there is some unspoken tension between us, but I'd like to resolve it. Mm. I'd like to to clear the air of anything that you know that you may feel unresolved between us or that is making you know feeling distance here because like i my friend i've had for a while like we're really close and we just this is what our relationship looks like i'm not interested in physically like i have a boyfriend that i'm not going to cheat on mm-hmm. so just like kind of putting it all out in the open mm-hmm. and just clearly stating what that relationship you have looks like and letting her know that, you know, if there's a current concern, let's talk about it. But I don't, I'm not interested in like competing for your boyfriend. You right. Know? Yeah. It might help for her to hear that directly from you. Yeah. Kind of clears the air. I mean, 
she's acting out of insecurities, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's paranoid. She's worried that her relationship is not as stable as it seems that other, maybe she has some trauma in her history that other people can't be trusted, especially other women. Maybe she's been cheated on before. There could be a lot of baggage at play here. Mm-hmm. And it's admirable of Jameson to want to protect his girlfriend and make life easier for her and shield her from any triggers that might create jealousy but he's doing so in a passive way. (laughs) He needs to talk more directly with you and hopefully behind closed doors, he's trying to help her work through her insecurities too. So that the end goal is her reaching a place where she is comfortable with him hanging out with you. And he should ask her, what would it take to help you feel better about this? What can I do to support you, but also maintain my own autonomy and freedom? Mm. It's like, this friendship sounds like it means a lot to you guys and it does it a disservice to let it, dissolve and fall to the wayside you know mm-hmm. sounds like it's what ha- is what is happening right now so somebody has to take action and uh hopefully it's you because you're the one writing us so i'm glad that <laughs> <laughs> you're at least making that step and you know he might be conflict avoidant and he might be trying to avoid um facing some uncomfortable things with his girlfriend or even with you if he's not talking directly with you about mm-hmm. why he's distancing himself or whatever yeah. um yeah, I totally support the air clearing conversation. The sooner the better. And I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but you got to just push through it for the greater good and let everybody know I'm doing this because I want us all to get along. I have our greatest interests in mind. Mm, yeah, I, I like that. And it's like you're setting, when you say like I'm considering the the everyone's, um, I'm being considered everyone involved, mm-hmm. you're saying that this isn't, I'm not interested in like fighting I'm interested in just being, let it be like a, an olive branch from reach. Yeah. 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 And if you feel really bold and this, this certainly comes down to everyone's comfort level, but having the conversation with, with the two of them, Mm -hmm. that's the other configuration that's, and I, I'd say that one is certainly case dependent, but if you can get them all together and maybe having a talk with Jameson beforehand to kind of preface it and kind of get him on your side a little bit, say, Hey, like, I would like to have a, sit down with the three of us. Let's, let's clear the air, mm-hmm. see if uh, Tiana's open to this. And that way the two of you can just, just be honest about like, here, here's our relationship. This is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, like, yeah, we, this is our means of communication, but this isn't, there's nothing shady going on here. We're not trying to like hide or, um, or, or have like a secret relationship going right, on. Right. Right. Yeah. And you, you're right to feel frustrated. You're saying it feels unfair. And I completely agree with that and validate that it, it is. And I think that this can be dealt with delicately in a way that supports everyone and eventually builds enough trust that there doesn't have to be any training wheels anymore to prove the trust. Like you shouldn't have to reassure this girl constantly for years. She shouldn't have to always be looking through his phone for confirmation that he's not cheating, that kind of stuff. Um, so I hope that you guys are going to be able to build this to a place where everybody can relax eventually, yeah. even though it's a little tense right now. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck, Tiana. Thank yes. you for writing. All right. Our next question comes from Sven. I love that name, Sven. That's pretty cool. Um, and Sven is a 29-year-old gay man, and he writes, I'm a really late bloomer and haven't had anal sex yet. I guess I've always been pretty awkward and haven't dated much until a couple years ago. It's fine, but I'm sometimes pretty self-conscious about how inexperienced I am, but my libido is helping me make up for lost time. My boyfriend is also 21, and we've been together for three months. 
It's been so great. We're really hot for each other, and he's super patient with me. He has had a bit more dating experience and plenty of anal sex, but always as the penetrator, so he doesn't know what it's like for me being hesitant and stuff. I tried putting things in my butt when I masturbated as a teenager, but it never felt great. In fact, it hurt and it kind of burned. I don't know if that's normal, but how the hell am I ever going to enjoy anal if I can't get into it somehow? I want to do this for my boyfriend, but also for myself. It feels like I'm missing out on something awesome and also something expected in the gay community. Any tips, but not just the tip, would be great. Thanks. <laughs> we appreciate your sense of humor. Oh my God. <laughs> the puns. Please bring me. He knows us so well. <laughs> mm. Well, I want to validate you as a late bloomer because I am one too. (laughs) And it's totally okay. Um, In fact, you may have dodged some bullets in your life. So (laughs) take your time. Be patient with yourself. There's no one you need to catch up with. Your sexuality is a lifelong journey that you get to enjoy at your own pace. And that was some of my favorite advice I ever heard when I was 21-ish. So keep that in mind. There's no rush. But I'm sure you're excited to experience pleasure in a whole new way. Like it sounds like you and your boyfriend have something really hot and fun going on. And that is early too. You guys are young and your relationship is young. So there's still a lot of discovery going on. You're still getting your footing. Um, And if you guys are a really good match and you already have really good chemistry, that's great. You might have a nice long relationship ahead of you to try all kinds of new things together. Mm -hmm. Speaking of starting slow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when it comes to anal, I say it with me now, <laughs> lots, lots of, of lube. lube. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure to start slow. Mm-hmm. I can't emphasize that enough mm-hmm. with both of those. Um, whenever I started uh, getting into getting pegged, I it took me quite a few times before I really enjoyed it. Mm. So the first couple times were just very slow just to get into, into the sensation of it, mm-hmm. you know? Starting with a finger, working, and then once it's like a finger was like, a, we'll start with a bigger finger, mm-hmm. and then we'll go into like a like a like a thin dildo. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, funny story about that. The one I end up ordering on the website, it says like, what did it say? It says like non intimidating, uh. <laughs> and I didn't choose it because it said non intimidating, but I thought it was hilarious. It's like you know, I didn't. I just wanted something that was like a nice size, but not like, I, I just don't want to, I didn't want to have a gaping asshole. Uh, yeah. Nobody goes time. from zero to a hundred. Yeah. You know? I need to like ease it to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that being said, it just, it took patience and lots mm-hmm. of lube. And so just having a towel out and just being with the sensations, I didn't know that I would really get into it until like, I don't know, fourth, fifth time. So ah. it took, it took, you know, I wanted to like, you can't, judge something right away from the first time i think i'd do it a few times to get a feel for like do i enjoy this it was i think it was also the sensation of like something uh where it felt like any time if the dildo was going to come out mm. that i was going to shit everywhere yeah that was like my fear for the longest time it's very common yeah and, and it, it c- might happen like your butt does all kinds <laughs> of <laughs> sp- muscle spasming especially when you're having an orgasm and like things can come out right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) like especially toys that you think are set but once you start having muscle spasms or you know contractions or whatever you call 
anal sphincter muscle things, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then yeah, the toy can move around for sure. And then yeah. just allowing that to happen as part of your experience is totally a good way to diffuse the tension about like, Oh no, what if I make a mess and it's gross or something goes wrong? It's like, there is no wrong, you know, just like let things unfold. You're just discovering, you're just playing no yeah. pressure. Yeah. Another thing too, when it comes to anal sex is that not everyone likes it. Mm-hmm. It's there are definitely people who uh, identify as not straight, as gay that do not enjoy anal sex. Mm-hmm. And so if you realize that it's not your thing, you've tried it a few times, you're just, I'm just not enjoying it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something to bring up with your partner and to maybe trade roles a little bit. It's like, well, are you open to being, um, penetrated for mm-hmm. me be the penetrator instead because i realize i'm not into it or there could be just other and that's just one thing in the whole sexual experience pie so if that slice is just not for you that's fine there's mm-hmm. going to be so many other ways that you two can like get each other off and have fun and explore each other's bodies that if you know it doesn't have to be the end-all be-all absolutely yeah take that off the pedestal mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to mention that there are Anal dilator sets or Ooh. dildo sets. <laughs> Dilate, oh, you, is it di- oh, dilating? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can buy sets of um, graduate, like graduated dildos that are, you know, really small. And then there's others in the set that get bigger and bigger. And that's a great way to slowly work your way up to having his entire dick in your butt, which is going to be, you know, as big as or bigger than the biggest in the set. And so use these over time, like months, really take your time with it. And you're getting used to your body is doing things that it's not used to doing, like things usually go one way out of that hole, right? (laughs) And now you're asking it to do something very different. Um, But that's half the fun, right? Um, I would also suggest, even before you start putting anything in your butt, is to introduce anal stimulation just on the outside. And it's really nice to have like a lubed up finger, um, especially, you know, covering it with a condom or a glove. If like the finger isn't super clean or has a sharp nail, really trim that down, any hangnails, just to really give a nice, smooth, easy, like not putting anything in the hole, but just playing around and on the hole. And that can be very pleasurable and stimulating and non-invasive. And just do that for several experiences. And especially if it's a vibrating thing on the outside, then you get used to associating anal stimulation with pleasure, like give yourself pleasure the way you normally might like it, whether you're being jacked off or receiving oral sex or something like that and combine it with that anal stimulation. And then you Mm -hmm. may start making that association of like, Oh, butt equals good, butt equals fun. (laughs) And then you may be more and more willing to accept different things. Oh, I love that idea with the anal stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could just stop there. If you're like, this is all I ever want around my butt. You don't have to put anything in it. You can stop there too. Mm-hmm. Another thing that comes to mind too, and this, I think this goes along with anything that we're new or maybe, uh, maybe a little insecure because mm-hmm. we haven't had that much experience is to be honest about where you're at when it comes to sexual experiences. Yeah. So what that looks like is being honest and saying that you haven't really done it before or don't have, you're not sure how to do it and you want to be able to please your partner, maybe even asking them, Hey, would you be willing to show me or like kind of guide me through this process? And really it can be a really hot experience for your partner to be like, Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So one, it's a connecting experience. Mm -hmm. So then they get to show you how they like it, which is a bonus for them. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. 
two, it's you also learn in the process, and then they're kind of guiding it along. So if you're if there's something that didn't work or didn't feel good, they can just like say, "Hey, this actually doesn't feel good, but do this instead,"、mm-hmm. and that way you start learning all the stuff that works for you, and learning stuff that works for them. And then as you start, as you kind of get your training wheels, get used to those, then you can take those off and you know game on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for writing, Sven. We hope that you have a very pleasurable journey in your exploration.、Yeah. <laughs> Our third letter comes from Kimmy, a 28-year-old bi woman. Kimmy writes, "I've been dating my boyfriend for two months now, and it's been great. He's a breath of fresh air due to his excellent communication skills, chill demeanor, and strong emotional presence." Damn. Yeah. <laughs> he's been poly for several years and has a girlfriend he's been with for four years. I only met her in person once a week ago, which is fine by me, as we all apparently prefer a parallel poly format. She seems really sweet, though. I've been non-monogamous myself for a few years too, so I'm surprised I'm having some jealousy come up around the two of them. Specifically, the fact that they're in a band together. It's weird because I'm not really jealous about anything else about them. I'm so happy they have such a strong and beautiful connection, and they have so much in common. Well, okay, I guess I got a little insecure about how gorgeous and talented she is, but I know that just means I need to work on my own self-esteem. I know he likes us for different reasons, but I feel some inadequacy around their band. I met her at one of their shows, and it was so amazing, but also heart wrenching to see them perform together, being so in sync, having a blast, and just rocking this incredible thing they've created together. I know it's unreasonable for me to want something like that so soon with my boyfriend, but I feel lame that I don't have musical skills, or that kind of confidence, or even the same taste in music. I'm not into the specific genre they play, and honestly, I don't feel cool enough for that scene either. How can I work on these feelings? I haven't told him about them because I don't want to seem petty or unevolved. I wouldn't want to burden him or make him feel guilty for this great thing he's got going with her. But what do I do on my end? Well, Kimmy, there's so much we can we can help you guide you on yeah. this. Yeah, you're not alone, <laughs> and this doesn't have to be this like. Hidden burden that no one has to know about. Yeah, don't I, shame yourself for feeling a little jealous. It happens to even the longest term poly person. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's also、uh, really nice that you, it sounds like you've been you're really cognizant of what it looks like. You know, you know that there's almost like a need that's showing up for you.、Mm. And I'd be curious、uh, if you know what is it that you need from your boyfriend. Just so you can feel more at peace with each other.、Mm-hmm. One thing you could even consider is that. So if you're not into, if you don't play instruments or not into the same musical taste, then what are things that you and your boyfriend connect on? Which I'm, you can even ask them. Yeah. What they, you know, how they think of you.、Mm-hmm. Or you could find some kind of hobby or activity that either none of you, neither of you have ever done before, or you haven't done in a really long time. Like let's say rock climbing, and you both realize like yeah, I would love to do some rock climbing, and I just haven't done it in ten years. Or wow, we've both never tried that, and then go do that together. And if you find something that you really like, then that's your special thing that just the two of you are into. It doesn't mean either of you can't rock climb with other people, obviously, but it becomes this shared experience. Like wow, we both fumbled our way up that wall, didn't we? Because we both suck at this, or haha, like. You know, it's a bonding thing just to be vulnerable together and try something completely different. That way, you're dealing with different 
genres and activities and not comparing yourself because that's an ego trap. Don't fall into it. It's a trap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And by being able to build that thing uniquely with each other, you get to explore a whole different connection that's unique and special to you too. Mm-hmm. You know, something that ha- can help when it comes to like, cause I'm hearing some struggling with a uh, self-esteem around this mm. is just getting some validation about your own self-worth, maybe from others. So that can look like asking your boyfriend, you know, what does he see in you? Asking like your friends, what do they love about you? Mm. Asking um, people who've like worked alongside you or other auxiliary connections, you know, what they like, uh, why they like working alongside you? What what do they see in you? And that can be really opening experience to see what you bring to the table. Because mm. it's so easy to like desire what we what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this person's so good because they do all these things that I don't do. Yeah, it's and apples I, and oranges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we have to like just celebrate our wins when we have them. And that's great that that person has this you know skill set and they're musically inclined or whatever the case is. And we can just celebrate that for what it is. But we have to consider that we also have our own gifts too. And we need to, and those are the ones that maybe other people can help highlight or we can learn that they can get amplified by doing with other people. Mm-hmm. And so those wins can help us see our own value. And then it's no longer a, a comparison of, oh, they have this thing that I can't touch and I'm just no longer in this, I'm not in the same like echelon as them, mm. but more they are there and i'm here and we're doing we're just like we're parallel uh, existing parallel to each other yeah and it's not like a a race that i need to like sit here and i don't know create some kind of crazy performance art with my partner it's more like i can explore my relationship and over time we'll get to find something that we can both connect with on a deep and like enriching level for yes, us. Yes, yeah. Because if you copied all the things that were great about their relationship, even though you may desire them, then what is really functionally different between the relationships at that point? He doesn't want to date two of the exact same person, right? Yeah. He's dating the two of you for totally different reasons. And it's really good to highlight those different reasons and just embrace the differences because you have your own unique gifts to offer and you are valid and worthy of love and affection for all these different things. And on the other side of that coin, I want to say that uh, you haven't seen them fight. (laughs) Like you haven't seen... Like you haven't seen the downsides to their relationship because every relationship has downsides. There's certain elements that are kind of fucked up or flawed or under, you know, revision at any given time. And therefore there's struggles there. So don't put their relationship on a pedestal and believe everything is rosy and perfect and badass because they're in a band together and look how much fun they're having. Like everybody's got different struggles behind the scenes. And so just remind yourself that, and you're going to have struggles with him too, just completely different ones that will be yeah. all your own. So yeah. <laughs> not to be negative, but you know, just putting it into perspective. Yeah. That's being realistic. I think yeah. so. Not so much, negative, but that's, that's totally realistic because yeah. being, being in a band with anyone, being a band with a partner, it can be challenging. Mm-hmm. And in um, uh, as someone who I, I am, uh, yeah, someone who's like been in bands, it's like you have such a different dynamic with those people, and there can be there can be tensions leading up to the day of the show. And in the show, it's like you 
there's a performance, there's a thing that's being presented to you. Yeah. And you don't know what it took to get to like, you know, the hours of practice. Oh, that's so Maybe true. all the frustrations of like, um, of communication breakdowns or technology breakdowns or equipment, you know, mm-hmm. there's, and so uh, when a good show goes great, it's great. But whenever things mess up, then you may not know it, but then afterwards they may be like, oh, I can't believe I totally bombed that solo, whatever the case is. <laughs> So to make it to just supplement what Meg is saying, it's easy to to have the rose colored glasses and see things like um, it's so out of reach from us. Mm. And the reality is, it's like that is that's just one. We're just seeing one side of it. We're yeah. not seeing all the work. Absolutely. Well, we hope this gives you some perspective, Kimmy. I know it's a struggle. Um, I have had a close working relationship with an ex of mine. We did fire performance together in circus shows. <laughs> and a lot of people would come up to us and be like, oh, you guys are like couples goals. You're like, we. I wish me and my girlfriend could do that too. And we would smile and be like, thanks. Yeah, it's amazing. And they're like, you're so in tune. And sometimes we had to just sort of laugh <laughs> because like, holy shit, did we have a fight backstage before we went on? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it happens. You're like entwining yourself so close with somebody and you're trying to present your art to the world, whether it be music or circus or whatever the thing is. And so there's a lot of messiness behind the scenes. And yes, it can make you closer with your partner, but also it's a struggle. It's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for writing, Kimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Our toolbox today is the book, The Truth by Neil Strauss. If you're wondering, why do I know that name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. So Neil Strauss is known for, previously known in the pickup artist world, mm-hmm. uh, for the book The Game. And neither of us had read this, but you can say we're not really proponents for the pickup artist world. Yeah. It, there's a, It's a very, in a lot of ways, like a misogynistic view of people. It diminishes especially women to being objects and trying to gamify relationships and sex. Yeah. And people are so much more worth than that. Mm -hmm. And there isn't like some secret thing you have to say or do like people are people. We want to be engaged and connected with on such deep levels. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to connect with someone sexually, but, but to make it a, you know, a, a game where you're trying to, uh, subtly or not so subtly manipulates mm-hmm. or coerce people uh, beyond their consents to get just to have sex and then go or whatever is not something that we support here in the podcast. Yeah. So the reason why we bring this book up though is the transformation that Neil took away from this, uh, which is pretty fascinating because you don't always hear about it on a grander scale. Mm-hmm. Usually these pickup artists kind of stay in that world. And this guy really did a whole 360 in his life. And that's and so we want to say hell yeah to that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's quite a journey. So. Yeah. <laughs> this book absolutely threw me. I couldn't stop listening to it. <laughs> um, it w- I was just very surprised. I didn't expect a lot knowing what I knew about Neil Strauss, but then, wow, just really gained a lot of respect for him and the approach that he was taking. Um, so basically, the book details his journey through you know, um, going to rehab for sex addiction and going through a lot of therapy and doing a lot of self-work. And then in the process is trying to discover the best relationship format for him because he knows he doesn't want traditional monogamy. And so he tries swingers clubs and poly retreats and 
you know, living with three girlfriends under one roof. And then, you know, like he goes through a lot of different formats and it's kind of comical at times. And I was also cringing at times and just being like, oh, dude, I wish you'd have called me first. I could have told you that wasn't going to work. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing? So there was like some schadenfreude there. Um, <laughs> but also, <laughs> you know, we all got to learn our own lessons the way that they're going to come to us. So you can't like push anybody's learning. Uh, and so he learned a lot about what he liked and didn't like about all these different scenes. And I want to say a caveat that he may portray certain scenes as being a certain way. And while yes, there are stereotypes for a reason around certain non-monogamy communities, uh, don't go into this believing that like, oh, well he had this experience with swingers. Therefore all swingers are like X, Y, and Z or like, oh, poly people, they're all like X, Y, and Z. So, you know, just understand this is one person's experience. This is one mm. unique journey. <laughs> but my favorite thing about this book was that he detailed his own thoughts in the context of his learnings through therapy, right? So he's learning so many things about his um, childhood dynamics, his wounds, his spiritual growth, his uh, the way that he interacts with women and why he does what he does. And so at every step of the journey, He'll, you know, describe, let's say, a fight with his girlfriend. And midway, he calls himself out constantly like, oh, I'm projecting my mother onto her right now oh. because of the way that she turned and started yelling at me. I immediately shut down because that's what I've always seen my father do. Like, I read so many books and articles and listen to so many podcasts about the theory and the tools of relationship awareness and emotional intelligence and, you know, uh, the way that our childhood wounds relate to the way we work through them as adults. Mm -hmm. But I have never seen somebody enact the, all those tools and watch them in like a frame by frame sort of way. Mm -hmm. it, sometimes the theory can just sort of stay abstract because it's not very practical to us. But in this book, it's a really useful way to walk through somebody who's living out examples of like, what is projection? What is deflection? What is... Um, you know, like all these different concepts that we talk about. So even if you don't relate to him personally, you could still get a lot out of this book in terms of watching somebody do the work. And we're always talking about doing the work on this podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's an entertaining way to watch him like go through all this personal growth. And you may see yourself in him or any of the people he interacts with at any given time in the book. So yeah, I, ooh, I felt called out at times too, even though like my background is nothing like his. I was just like, oh, that's why people do that. And I see why they were reacting the way those people were and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It was super cool. Yeah, I think it could, it's also really informative in the way that seeing all these different scenarios play out. Yeah. So if you're curious about you know certain you know him exploring like the harem life or like the right. multiple, you know, like multiple living in a house with multiple partners, you if you're like curious about it, it Maybe good to have a, it's obviously just one person's perspective, right. but to have that in addition to having that level of awareness, which is very refreshing when mm. it comes to these kind of resources, then you get a peek into how this is actually going to be, how it actually plays out. Because mm. some of, you know, it's it's the similar situation of the fantasy is better than the reality. Yeah. <laughs> and we get, we can think that these scenarios sound like, like you know wet dream but then in reality it's like it's a fucking shit show right. it's like an it's an emotional nightmare uh -huh. and you want you wouldn't even touch it with a 20-foot pole mm -hmm. if it came running towards you so yeah. 
especially since he goes in with no prior practice or knowledge or skills <laughs> yeah. and is just like, let's all move in together. I'm like, bro, you just met these women. Like, why? <laughs> why? So I, what's also valuable is not just learning through his own mistakes and anticipating the potential pitfalls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, bets on how this one's going to go down. Yeah, right? <laughs> but he also brings in people and quotes them frequently throughout the book. Therapists, social workers. Um, he would bring in poly experts or people who have been in the swinging community for a really long time. And he's a journalist. He asks them a lot of questions like, how do you make this work? How do you manage jealousy? You know, what should we have done differently about moving in together? What's a better way to communicate? And then he lets these people share their wisdom. And so you can glean a lot from that too. So it's kind of like, well, I might've tripped up these ways. What's the better way to do it? So it doesn't leave the reader guessing about like, well, I can see how it didn't go well for him, but how could it go well for me? I think you can ascertain that through what you learn in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Highly entertaining read. We recommend it. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Let's discuss in the Facebook page because, uh, or the Facebook group, because, uh, it's, he's a controversial figure right? The yeah, pickup yeah. artistry scene. And he's done quite a change throughout his life and a lot of growth. So I want to applaud him for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, since this book was written a few years ago, how things have changed since then. Um, so read the book first and then do a little Googling to catch yourself up on the epilogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, very fascinating. Um, I might look at some of his other work just based on his writing style and self-awareness mm-hmm. in this book. Um, but knowing that he wrote the game and the pickup artistry scene was big, like 10 ish years ago, you know, more like mm-hmm. 2007 through t- 2010. Yeah. I mean, it was a different time and I, I don't condone those methods per mm-hmm. se, but if they drive people to be more self-aware or improve themselves first, like I think there's a book that he wrote called the rules of the game. And that's more about, um, you know, how to get like your ducks in a row before even trying to date. So like your health, your Um, emotional intelligence, your self-awareness, like that's all really good stuff. And we're all about um, self-improvement here (laughs) on the podcast. So like there may still be nuggets in there, but I'll report back and let you guys know what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) We love recommending books to you on this podcast, and we want to make it super easy for you to use these incredibly helpful resources in your own love life. That's why we've teamed up with Audible, which has thousands of titles of all genres, which you can listen to while driving, cleaning, cooking, or any other activity. We don't judge. If you sign up through our link, you can get one free audiobook and one free month trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash headoverfeels. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. To submit your question, go to our website, headoverfeelspod.com. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at headoverfeelspod. Please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and review in your podcast app of choice. See you next week.